You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. They're nursing on the words of grace, not law, on the words of grace. God's word inspired Saul, sparked him and ignited him. Isn't that awesome, guys? Out in the desert. But it did for Moses. It did for Saul as he nursed on God's word. You know, I hope the teachings of God's word here in this desert of Arroyo Seco is sparking and igniting you with passion, with purpose. Pastor Dion is teaching from the desert in New Mexico, but there are so many deserts in this life. There are the physical deserts, but there are also emotional deserts. Have you ever been there where life has lost all of its allure and you're just barely making it day by day? Saul spent some time in the desert after his dramatic conversion. He used the time to soak up God's word and he let the word ignite a fire in him that would carry him through the hardest times. If you're in the desert today, soak up God's word and let it ignite you. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 9 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Saul got more than just a new heart. All of a sudden, he got new sight. You see, prior to the encounter with Jesus, Saul couldn't see the truth. He couldn't see that Jesus was the Son of God. Just couldn't see it. In fact, he was fighting it. He was blinded. Saul was blinded by his religion, by his legalism, by his prejudice, by his hatred. But once he surrendered to Jesus, the Lord removed the scales from his eyes. Now before we came to Jesus, like Saul, we were blind to the truth. In fact, the Apostle Paul explained it like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ who is in the exact likeness of God. So that's the truth. Before we came to Christ, we were blind to the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is the Savior. So if you've ever wondered why you took so long to see the truth, if you ever wondered why your unbelieving family and friends just can't get it, that's the reason. Satan blinds us with a lot of things. Materialism, pride, money, greed, religion, self-righteousness. You know, I don't need help. He blinds us with that. I don't need help. Or maybe self-reliance. I can do it on my own. He blinds us with all of that. That's why we couldn't come to the truth. We couldn't recognize the truth. We couldn't grasp the truth. We were clueless, if you remember, we were clueless and oblivious to truth. 
Kind of like the husband who was attending a marriage group with his wife. The instructor said, up in front, he said, it's essential that you know your spouse's likes and dislikes. For example, the instructor said, you husbands out there, what is your wife's favorite flower? One of the husbands leaned over to his wife and whispered, yours is Pillsbury, right? (laughs) Clueless! Everybody said what? Clueless! Before we were, became Christians, before we surrendered our life to Christ, we were just that clueless when we heard phrases like, born again. When we heard phrases like, you need to be saved. You need to be, you, we are redeemed. Those, those, you didn't comprehend it. You couldn't understand it. Christians had this lingo that was kind of weird. Our minds were blinded. But once we believe in Jesus, the scales fall off of our eyes. Suddenly our eyes and our minds are enlightened. And everybody say the word, what? We say, aha, we get it. I see it. I understand it. I am a sinner by nature. I'm a sinner by choice. I'm a sinner by practice. And I'm destined to a Eternal destruction. But God sent His Son Jesus to die for me. And because of Him, now I don't have to go through that eternal destruction. He died for me. Then all of a sudden we see it. And we understand the term saved means from eternal destruction. We understand what the word redeem means. That He bought us with a price of His own blood. All of a sudden we say, aha! Everybody said what? Aha! Look at your neighbor and say, aha! And then guys, as we hear and read God's Word, once we come, become Christians, before, I mean, there's a, maybe a Bible on the coffee table, a Bible on the shelf. Heck, maybe it's even on your nightstand and you tried to read it over and over again and it just it was all Greek to you. But once you surrender your life to Christ, all of a sudden the blinders fall off and you begin to read it and it comes alive. The dots start to connect. We understand it and we want more and more of it, right? I want more and more of it. It becomes the staple that will nourish and grow us. God's Word, it becomes that. In fact, Peter said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2. Read it with me. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Well, that's exactly what happened. When the blinders fell off of our eyes, all of a sudden the Gospel message The sermons like these began to make sense. We began to understand exactly. We had our aha moments. We begin to understand and then we want more and more of it because it's the craving that's on the inside of that new life that is inside that has been born. It begins to crave God's Word. It's the God's Word that gives it nourishment. It gives it growth and gives it maturity. That's exactly what happened to Saul. I tell you, when the scales fell off of his eyes, he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the record in the book of Acts doesn't document this. 
But Saul spent some growing time with God in the desert of Arabia, in the Sinai Peninsula. So after this, after he is baptized with the Holy Spirit, Saul ends up spending some alone time, some growing time with God out in the Sinai Peninsula. Why does that name sound familiar, Sinai Peninsula? Well, that's the same place God, you know, that's the same place where Moses nursed on God's Word, on God's law during the time of, of, of the Exodus. And now Saul was there nursing on the words of grace, not law, on the words of grace. God's Word inspired Saul, sparked him, and ignited him. Isn't that awesome, guys? Out in the desert. But it did for Moses. It did for Saul as he nursed on God's Word. You know, I hope the teachings of God's Word here in this desert of Arroyo Seco is sparking and igniting you with passion, with purpose. Because after that, Saul returned to Damascus with this. Everybody said, what? So he got a new heart. And then all of a sudden, he got new sight. And he started nursing on it. And then he got a new what? Message. Let's read it, starting with verse 20. Let's read it, what it says. Immediately, Saul preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is not he who destroyed, is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving this, Jesus is the Christ, or the Anointed One. So Saul got a new heart. That's what God wants to do to you. He got new sight. It's what God is doing for you. And then he got this new message. He wanted to share that Jesus is the Son of God. The message Saul declared to the Jews dwelling in Damascus was that Jesus is the Son of God. So he came back to Damascus and he started saying, guys, listen, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, light of the world. Jesus is the bread of life, the living water, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We ought to give him an applause. I mean, he's... Wow! Woo! Paul also shared his personal testimony. You know what that sounded like? I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. He started sharing that. Saul's enthusiasm and energy convinced some to join him. There were those who said, hey, yeah, wow. But others that Saul spoke to scratched their heads and said, huh? Everybody said, what? Huh? That was the word confounded. There were some who believed, but then there were some who scratched their heads at Paul's preaching at his new message and said, Huh? You know, your recent life change probably has, has had a similar result. Huh? Some are inspired to join you. They're sitting down next to you today. And then there are others who are puzzled. 
at your life change. Could, could it be? Is this the same guy? Is this the same gal? I mean, the face is the same. The voice is the same. The tats are the same. But they talk different now. Jesus' name and praise the Lord and thank God has replaced profanity and lies. Scripture has replaced sarcasm and complaints. Where you used to sing John Deere Green, now you're singing John 3.16, right? Jesus gave you a new tune. Scratching their head and saying, huh? It gave you a new message. Some of you, it's beginning to bleed out. Maybe for some of you, it's taken a little bit of time, but it has swelled up within you enough and it's, you're beginning to share it. You got a new heart. You got new sight. You got a new message. But then comes, everybody say that. What is it? New challenges. Let's read it, verse 23. Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill Saul. So wait, let's pause there. He has an encounter with Christ, gets a new heart, gets new sight, gets a new message, shares it with everyone he can, but then, after many days, the Jews plotted to kill him. Uh-oh. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. Saul was so excited to share his newfound faith in Jesus Christ when he got back to Damascus. He was, I mean, his, he wanted to share with everyone there his new understanding of God's Word. But Saul found out quickly that the world has a different attitude about our or your faith. In fact, Jesus even warned us about it. In John chapter 15, verse 18, let's read it. Jesus said this, If the world hates you, Remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me naturally, they will persecute you. Jesus warned. We might be so excited about this new faith, this new experience, new sight, and this new message, but others are not so excited. Not everyone will be excited about your new life and new message. Especially the devil. You want to know why? He's not excited about it because you're stealing his peeps now. Huh? So the, the devil will use every means possible to silence you, to stop you. He will use ridicule and harassment. And here's the big word, everybody said, persecution. He will use a hate that inflicts hurt. 
to try to stop and silence our faith. In fact, we saw the persecution against Saul was so intense that there were a lot of haters in Damascus that wanted him dead. After he comes and shares the excitement that Jesus is the Son of God, they're saying, no, we're not having this. We're going to put this guy down. In fact, in the story that, Paul, that Saul tells a little later, the governor locked down the city of Damascus, closed the city gates. And guys, then the governor initiated a house-to-house search for Saul with a kill-on-sight order. The noose, as they were going from house to house in Damascus looking for Saul, the noose was tightening. But the Lord made a way of escape for Saul. Beep, 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 beep. That's the sound of a trash truck. Huh? Saul climbed into a filthy, stinky trash container and was smuggled out with the trash. He got dumped over the wall. That's how they dumped their trash in the day. They put it in big baskets, reeled it up, and had it dumped over the wall on the other side. A specific place. So Saul was about to be captured. The noose was tightening. But listen, when God saves you, He has a plan for your life and He will protect you. And here comes up, drives up a Christian. Beep, 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 beep. Not the rescue you had in mind, but it beats dead. God has a plan and He'll use whatever it is. Saul lived to share the Gospel another day. Isn't that awesome, guys? God rescued him. Might not have been the rescue that that you and I would, would, would like, but hey, listen. God always shows up and will always do whatever necessary to take care of us. All right, so Saul ends up on the other side of the wall. Everybody, let's do it. And Saul at that point made a fast break to Jerusalem. See, Saul in his mind figured that he would hang out with the disciples. Maybe, or the apostles, maybe there would be less persecution there. Right? So he's basically saying, hey listen, this is a new challenge now that I'm a Christian. I have this new challenge of persecution. People aren't so excited to hear my message and they're rather, you know, they're wanting me dead. So he gets to the other side and he decides, now I'm going to go hang out with the apostles in Jerusalem. And that's when Saul found another challenge. Here's the word. Everybody say it. Prejudice. Let's read verse 26. You guys having fun yet? And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. So Saul gets out 
is rescued from Damascus, got put out with the trash, but takes off to Jerusalem. But he encounters another new challenge, prejudice. When Saul got to Jerusalem, he found himself about as welcome as a snake at a lawn party. Everybody say, eee! What? See, the apostles there didn't trust him. They didn't trust Saul. Remember, he had been deceiving people, putting on disguises, sending in you know, undercover agents to find out where the church was meeting and who their, their leaders were, and then he'd go in and have them arrested and taken to prison. And now he's coming to Jerusalem, and he's saying, hey, I'm a Christian. And they're saying, hmm, sure you are. Sometimes... All people see is our past. It's one of the new challenges. After we've given our heart to Christ, sometimes all people see is our past. Past mistakes, past failures, past crimes. They don't believe that people can change. And they're right. Because people can't change. But the Lord can change people. The Lord can transform people. The fearful apostles wouldn't give Saul a chance. Oh no. Everybody, wave your finger. Oh no. They were keeping Saul outside of the circle of trust. They were keeping him outside of the circle of trust. But before Saul could get discouraged, the Lord sent someone to step in and bring Saul closer. A guy by the name of Barnabas. The name Barnabas means son of encouragement. So here was Saul, who had had a true life experience with Christ, new heart, new sight, new message, comes to hang out with the apostles, and they're saying, oh, sorry, uh, we just don't trust you. They couldn't see beyond his past. But then Barnabas, this character, Barnabas, son of encouragement, he brought Saul inside the circle of trust. You know, the Lord has probably sent someone to bring you closer. I'm sure some of you can mention a name of someone who God sent at a time in your life to bring you closer to God. You remember their name? Go ahead and say it out loud. Say it out loud. Say their name. Joe, for me. Toby. Say it out loud. There are those people who stepped in like a Barnabas when you were feeling like an outcast. As we cling to the simple We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. 
You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying, and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together.